Welcome to Answers from Antioch. You have joined us at the intersection of God's Word and today's world. This broadcast is brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Join us as we examine information that impacts the church, the Christian, and the Christian home. Hello, everyone. Thanks so very much for tuning in today. I'm honored just to have you with me here. Thank you. And of course, this is a midweek prayer service here and at many of our sister churches. We encourage you to be there. Prayer meeting night, most important service of the week is prayer meeting. We want you here and to be part of it or at your church, wherever that may be. Seven o'clock is the time here at Antioch. And we have children's ministry and youth ministry all meeting together at that time. Come and be with us for this special uh, end-of-the-year celebrations in Wednesday nights as what we do is take the Word of God. We're in Luke chapter 1 and look at the marvelous miracle of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ when God became flesh and dwelt among us. Certainly, a miracle above all miracles, the wonder of all wonders, the glory of all glory when God came down to us. And you know, this time of year also is a perfect time to get your agnostic friends to church. Get them in a good Bible-believing. Let them come to any good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-preaching church Get under the sound of the gospel and the Holy Spirit deal with their hearts. They can become a believer. Now, an agnostic is someone who believes that if uh, there was material evidence, then they would believe in God, but there is no such thing. There is no evidence against or for God, so therefore they don't call themselves unbelievers, but they say there's just no proof. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is not true at all. I'd challenge anyone to read Lee Strobel's book on the case for Christmas. I'd certainly challenge him to read on the case for Christ. Here was an an atheist, actually, like C.S. Lewis, who set out to prove there is no God, and yet was converted, became a Christian, became a believer, because they was convinced absolutely Christ is came and died for our sins and rose again alive forever. Hallelujah. The case for Christ, the case for Christmas, it's a perfect time. Get your agnostic friends into church and let them hear the gospel and the Holy Spirit work with their hearts. And ladies and gentlemen, it's a time that they can be convinced there is much evidence. I'll never forget a uh, number of years ago, I was flying on a plane headed to New York, I believe is where it was. And as I was traveling there, I was supposed to preach a meeting in the New York region, actually downtown Bronx, New York, that I was going to be preaching. And uh, a physician sat down beside of me on the plane. and He and I were discussing his role and as a physician and then my role as a minister and He said to me, I feel safer just sitting beside of you on this plane. And, of course, I struck up a conversation with him about his belief in the Lord Jesus Christ and did he know Jesus. And he was a, quote, agnostic. He said, well, I don't see a proof out there. I don't say there's no God, and I don't say there is. I don't say there's no Jesus, but I don't say there is, and I just don't see proof I can grab a hold of and material 
proof to grab it. Well, uh, at that particular time, we didn't have the book that Lee Strobel put together so accurately. And I was asking him a question, and I'll ask you that question. Uh, if something is not tangible, do you believe it exists? And that's the question I asked of my friend there. He said to me, well, no, not really. If I cannot tangibly either see it, recognize it, then I don't believe it exists. So we went on in conversation. I asked him about his family, how many children, and at that particular time, I think he had a grandbaby, and I asked him this question, uh, do you have a strong relationship with your children and your grandbaby? And he said, oh, yes, yes, we, we all love each other. We truly do. We have a wonderful, loving relationship and a loving family. So I asked him the question, is love something that is tangible, that you can actually touch? He said, no, but you can feel it. And I said, but you told me you wouldn't believe in anything you couldn't touch and was tangible and you could really grab hold of. So how can you say that love is there in your family? And he understood where I was going quickly and said, so you're telling me that because God is there, Jesus is there, it's a feeling as if I love my family and my family loves me. There's something to experience there. I said, absolutely. And it is an experience. It's an experience in knowing a God and the only true and living God who does exist. Hallelujah. Who is real. Who came to this earth in the form of a babe. Put himself in the womb of a virgin and became man and dwelt among us. What a marvelous story. I could have been, and I guess I was a little frustrated with the gentleman for a little while there, but then it appeared like that the Holy Spirit began to deal with this doctor and this physician. And I was reminded of Isaiah chapter number 7, how that Isaiah was upset with King Ahaz at the time, because the Lord had spoke to Ahaz in verse number 10 of Isaiah 7, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it, either in the depth or in the height above. Ask me and pray. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. Well, now, here Ahaz was being, we would say, pious. He definitely was not being obedient to God because God told him to pray. God told him to ask. And when you don't have faith to believe, you won't have faith to pray. So he said, no, I, I'm not going to ask. And he said it in such a manner as to cover up his unbelief. And in verse 13, hear ye now, O house of David. And Isaiah speaking here, God's word and God's statement. But Isaiah speaking, hear ye now, O house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? I see Isaiah's frustrated here that King Ahaz wouldn't obey God and pray and ask for a sign. And he says, you are you're trying the patience of men. That's one thing. But to try the patience of God? Can we try the patience of God? Well, according to what God's Word says here, yes, through unbelief, if we will not believe. And then verse 14 Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, 
shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. Hallelujah. God with us. He's promising the whole house of David. Here, I'm going to tell you how he's coming. A virgin's going to conceive. The very Son of God will be born of a virgin girl, and it'll be God with us. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the solution to the problems of America today. It's a solution to the agnostics and the atheists out there, particularly your agnostic friends. Get them in the church. Get them in a Bible-believing church. And the sweet Holy Ghost, take the Word of God and speak to them and help them to understand, yes, this is a relationship that you can feel as sure as there is a feeling of love among friends that are atheists and agnostics, and I know some of both, and friends like that, as sure as there are a feeling of love, they can experience the wonderful work of God the Holy Ghost, the truth they can believe. And when the Spirit of God deals with their heart and shows them the truth, reveals it, we could say, turn the light on. They'll no longer be agnostic, nor will they any longer be atheist. But like C.S. Lewis and Lee Strobel and others, they will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. The light will come on in their dark soul. Hallelujah. Well, more we could say, but join us in tomorrow's program. God bless you and keep you safe. Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to visit our website at AntiochBristol.com. There you will find many ways to contact us and connect with us, and so much more. Until next time, stand firm in Jesus' truth.